When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello again, hockey fans. Are you ready to once again brave the wild? Here today on episode number 32 of Brave the Wild, it is Sunday morning. Yep, that's right. Sunday morning. Pull up your coffee cups. Sunday, December 27, 2009. Ready to talk hockey once again today. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. Always a pleasure to have you on board with me once again today. Well, the guest of the show today, well, there's going to be some stuff to get to, of course, uh, quite quite a bit. was going to do the show yesterday, just didn't get around to it, was doing tons of other stuff, basically, couldn't get around to it, so I have one extra game to look at. Not going to really get heavy into actual game reviews, I mean, I'm going to review them, but not as, you know, not, not, not really in a major way, going to really more get to stories today, because... Last week there was a fire. That was ridiculous. So <laughs> the Wild run a great run, and then all of a sudden there's a fire. Are, are you kidding me? There's a fire on the equipment truck. I mean, what? what's that all about? Only <laughs> only in Minnesota can something like that happen. Seriously. The team's on a great run. So what So what stops their hot run? A fire. And then the, all the jokes will come in, yeah, the Wilder Raw were so hot, they started the truck on fire or whatever. You know, just some stupid bit. I'm not even going to get into it. I'll just make myself look like a fool. But, uh, yeah, the Wild were playing some fantastic hockey. Just fantastic hockey in the month of December. Luckily, they picked it up. They finally picked it back up sometime during that Colorado game. Too little too late, though, as Avalanche took over the book of 4-1 to lead in that thing. But then the Wild pick it up against Edmonton and St. Louis. Of course, the Wild... Drubbed by Ottawa, Saturday the 19th of December, 4-1, to one, uh, pretty much pretty much about what you'd expect after the fire. Pretty much what you'd expect after a fire like that. Um, <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. We're also going to talk a little bit about Clayton Stoner and a little uh, Guillaume, Guillaume Latendres. Talk a little bit about those guys. Clayton Stoner, I mean, I'm really uh, really happy with how things are moving with him. So first and foremost, we're going to start off with, we're going to start off with a fire. Why not? Since it was before the Ottawa game. 
I mean, it's like, yeah, here we go. Clayton Stoner's going to debut for the Wild, a guy I've been following the last couple of years. He was drafted in 04, came a long way through the system, kept getting better and better and better. The Wild are playing great hockey. I mean, when you look at their record in the month of December leading up to that Ottawa game, the Wild, <laughs> the Wild were 7-2, and 7-2 two. and two in the month of December. Luckily, they're still okay. They're 9-4, and four. still a very good record overall, but... Man, seven and two. That was pretty impressive stuff. So now we actually get to the fire conversation. I mean, only in Minnesota, as I'm going to say. But, uh, well, there's a list at how things turned out, how people's equipment turned out. I mean, there was a, you know, it's a variety of how things came out. Some people came out with, with new equipment or with uh, their equipment survived the fire. Um, other people lost everything. <laughs> other people lost some of their stuff. There, there's a list of what happened. There's a list of the inventory of uh, the items. The inventory of their actual uh, equipment and such. So we'll start with Merrick Zidlicky. Well, good. His stuff survived. Kim Janssen, his stuff survived. <laughs> Greg Zanin, he lost a ton, but not his knee brace. So he lost basically everything but his knee brace. Oh, goody, right? <laughs> Clayton Stoner. Well, welcome to the NHL, Clayton. You're finally going to get to play on the Minnesota Wild. You've been playing good hockey with the uh, the uh, Houston Arrows. Just been playing great hockey. Now you get a chance to show some energy with this club. But all your equipment is gone in a fire, other than your skates and pants. That's it. Clayton Stoner's going to have to break in brand new equipment. What a pain in the ass for a lot of these players. And that's that's you know that's why they went in a teeny tiny little losing streak. Luckily, it didn't last too much longer. I mean. Could you imagine having equipment that it was all broken in, it was all in mid-season form, per se, as you'd like as you'd like to go on with, and then all of a sudden, a freaking fire breaks out in the equipment truck, and now you got to have brand new equipment right before a, I mean, right before a regular season game? Wow. That's just like, you've got to be kidding. Huh. We'll get to, I mean, I'm going to read this real quick before I get on to the next list here, as um, equipment trainer Tony... Da Costa basically spent the night at uh, excuse me Scotia Place Scotia Bank Place cleaning equipment and taking inventory of of what assistance Brent Brooks and Matt Benz needed to bring up in Minnesota. The equipment arrived in Ottawa at 9 a.m. but it, but it was a mess. So that was before the game, obviously, well before it. Nine players' equipment was completely fine. Twelve lost just about everything <laughs> in, in that truck fire. It's just, wow, unbelievable. The team also lost the medical supplies, but the video equipment was saved, so that's good. Anton Kudobin had been, has been called, or was called up at that point and could conceivably start. That's what they were thinking at the time, but, of course, he didn't. Kudobin ended up going, uh, he, he's been up and down once or twice. Just <laughs> absolutely crazy. And, of course, you, you, know, you know why they do that, because new equipment for the goalies, wow. New equipment for the goalies. That's crazy stuff. Backstrom did end up starting in the game, though, anyway. Um, a lot of coaches' stuff was also burned. Todd Richards wearing extra skates from Merrick Zidlicky. Wow, he had to borrow Merrick Zidlicky's skates because his stuff was fine. Bob Mason was wearing Guillaume Latantores' extra skates. It's just, what a mess. What an absolute mess. So now I finished off with Stoner. Koivu, everything was lost but his skates. Chuck Kobusu came out with, with came out good. Martin Havlat, everything lost, but they found a set of skates he used to wear in Chicago and put on a new blade. 
Okay, so that worked out okay. Old, old skates for him, though, you got to think. Brunette came out with everything good. Andrew Ebbett, who was just, retur- was just returning from Concussion Junction, his stay was by far the shortest of all the uh, members of that club, Concussion Junction. But unfortunately, welcome back to the wild, you know, great recovery from that concussion, but everything is gone for Andrew Ebbett. As, as of that fire, everything was gone. He's got brand new equipment now. Anti-Mianen lost everything. Cal Clutterbuck lost everything. Brodziak, Bugard, and Belanger, everything survived, luckily. Shane Knighty lost everything, and two skates, two left skates burned. Two left skates. Hmm. Cute. <laughs> wow. That's just unbelievable. Scott, everything survived. Bobby Earl, everything, or excuse me, everything was gone for Scott. Everything was gone for Earl. Everything gone for Backstrom and Harding. So, yeah, like, that's why they called up Kudobin, just in case. But I guess they didn't need him. Unfortunately, Backstrom didn't have a good game, and nobody really on the wild did. Um... Everything survived, or I mean, everything was gone for Shepard except his contacts and a mouth guard. Hmm. Okay, that works. Nick Schultz, everything was gone. He had his skates picked up at his house that he wears in pond hockey. Pond hockey, wow. And he went to play it against sports to buy shoulder pads he likes. Because he likes specific shoulder pads. I mean, you know how pro athletes are with their uh, specific equipment. I mean, I, heck, you know, I'd be like that too if I, you know, if I was out playing. Lots undressed, everything made it for him. So that's the end of the actual list. But, um, wow. Absolutely crazy. Andrew Ebbett actually kind of sort of rushed back, was kind of sort of rushed back, but it looks like he's okay. And he was pretty much on the verge of coming back anyway. But um, what an interesting deal. What an interesting deal. John Scott even had to play some forward in the game. Wow, it's just like, wow, what a, what a weird deal. This was, like I say, only in Minnesota something like this could happen. You know, your winning streak is basically uh, thrown off the table because of a fire. Now, I mean, you never know. The Wild may have the Wild probably. There's a good chance they could have lost the game anyway. I mean, Ottawa's a fairly good team. It's a road game and all that. And just because you know, some nights you're just not going to have your legs. But mm, what a flat game it was for the Wild. They just got demolished. It was four nothing until Havlat got his sixth goal of the year. And uh, that was all that mattered there. So now I'm going to get into the quick game reviews here. As uh, Colorado, I try not to cough here. Colorado was pretty much steamrolling the Wild along the way, up a four nothing. The Wild make a fierce comeback late in that third period. One opportunity after another to score, though, in that third period was just knocked away. Lots of shots were <laughs> off the mark. Unfortunately, Wild just could not get it done against the hated Colorado Avalanche and the Wild finally lose a game to the Avalanche. They were 4-0 and against the Avalanche this season. Magic finally ran out for the Wild, unfortunately. But at least you saw some energy down the stretch, and luckily that energy did rub off on the next two games as the Wild stay home as they finally get a homestand. Finally get a homestand. This is a three-game homestand, of course. Colorado, Edmonton, and St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah. Well, finally, the losing streak against St. Louis is over. Whew. And again, and also with Edmonton. As the Edmonton Oilers this year pretty much uh, kicked the Wilds' butt a few uh, about a month and a half ago. The Oilers are wearing those those classic jerseys, those blue jerseys with the orange. I mean, they finally were in the old '80s look again, and it looked just beautiful, to be honest. As much as 
You know, they're, they're the Oilers. They're not the Wild. They're not the North Stars or anything. But it's just a classic look that I appreciate. You know, it's just a very classic look, and um, gotta like that. The Wild play pretty darn good in this particular game, though, and that's that's what counts. As this this was a pretty fun game. Uh, this was a very fun game. Andrew Brunette netting his 11th goal on the power play. Just a very solid game for the Wild along the way. Unfortunately, this game was tied up almost immediately, though. Only less, I mean, less than two minutes later, the Oilers tie it up. Robert Nilsson getting his goal there. Owen Nolan definitely getting, Owen Nolan gives the Wild the lead after a pretty back and forth second period. A lot of, just a lot of back and forth. 19 shots on goal, 10 for the Wild, 9 for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, but this was just an entertaining game. You, could, you just kind of had the feeling the Wild were going to pull this one out, though. They're finally going to get over the hump with Edmonton. And the Wild have just been fantastic at home. And, um, you know, as long as the Wild weren't giving up tons of goals, you could just feel they were going to come away with this one. And Edmonton didn't really show much fight down the stretch, especially in the in the third period. They looked really good in the first period, but as the game wore on, you could just say Edmonton was just running out of gas, and the Wild were getting a little bit stronger each and every period. They held the Oilers to only 26 shots on goal overall. Um, the Wild come out, though, nicely. Owen Nolan... Ninth goal of the year is he's starting to get better and better. He's starting to pick up steam like he did last year. He kind of got off to a uh, he, he kind of got off to a quiet start last year. You could you could argue Kobasu finally getting another point. It feels like about forty years since since Chuck Kobasu has scored at all has gotten any point. He got an assist on Nolan's goal there, and after a pretty you know a pretty quiet pretty pretty yeah. Pretty lackadaisical, you could say, third period. The Wild only six shots on goal, Edmonton eight. It was just a bunch of battles. That's all it really was. It was kind of classic Minnesota-Edmonton. Just a bunch of grinding around in that third period. Not the most entertaining third period, but uh, the Wild were ahead, and that's what matters. The Wild's um, smothering defense is, you know, you can't just sit and say that Todd Richards isn't isn't a defensive coach. You can see he's definitely got it in him. He's not just a wide-open coach who's going to leave things open just so his guys can attack the other team's, uh, you know, attack the other team's zone the whole game. I mean, this is a pretty smothering defense of the Minnesota Wild, and the the scheme is looking really good. I'm getting more and more impressed with Todd Richards pretty much every day. I'm I'm getting pretty excited, actually, about the future of this team when, when you look at Todd Richards and the guys like Guillaume Latendresse, who got that empty netter. Wild had a couple of opportunities. Most of their, no, they weren't shots on goal, but most of their attempts, their scoring attempts <laughs> in that third period were just kind of, you know, shooting at the empty net where they were kind of from a long ways off, of course, where they get their hands on the puck and just clear it down the ice really hard. They missed a few times, but eventually Latendresse, he was he was definitely the most the most sharp shooter with with that deal. He was dead on from about uh, quite a quite a ways away. It was just right down the pipe, and it was a beautiful empty netter for Latan Dress. Of course, it's a gimme and all that, but still, it was it was an accurate shot, and that's what counts. There's his sixth goal of the year, and uh, I'm gonna get into Latan Dress in a second. Gonna get some more into him in a second in the next game, but uh, he's starting to really. I, I'm really starting to feel good about this guy. I. I really am, and uh, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see just how much 
just how much this this young man develops for for the wild. This young man Guillaume Latendresse. Because if if he if he continues to develop the way it's the way he's heading, then the then the wild literally like legitimately have a uh, they legitimately have something here. They might have their first ever power forward, like a legit power forward. Not only can crash you know crash the excuse me crash the net and all, but the guy can score. He can score, and he's not spectacular, but. He gets it done, and that's what matters. He he might be kind of a he might be kind of a Todd Bertuzzi for us. Todd Bertuzzi had some nice seasons in in uh, Vancouver before he became an uh, injury prone son of a gun. Basically, with Vancouver and everybody else, things just kind of went south with Bertuzzi after that that one incident that we all remember all too well. Um, not trying to compare Latendres to somebody like that, but but the talent level, yeah, he's starting to he's starting to emerge. Two goals against the St. Louis Blues. Two goals for Latendras. He got the game opening goal. Five minutes, with five minutes remaining, excuse me, in the first period. A nice, nice play, Zan and Zidlicky and, and Latendras. Just a quick little movement of the puck, and Latendras finished it. He buried it. Unfortunately, though, St. Louis, who's, who's basically owned us the last two years, they're one of the teams, them and the LA Kings, who the Wild play. Tonight, I believe, and uh, it's going to get really scary, <laughs> to be honest. Excuse me, it's actually tomorrow, Monday, Monday, the twenty uh, 29th of December. Really, this team, this team is starting to show some signs. Uh, they almost gave this one up, though. Unfortunately, it, it got interesting, but the Wild at least maintained things along the way. They. They had the lead. They lost it, but they didn't give it up. Uh, the Wilds did go up three to one in this game at one point. Knighty and Janssen, two guys that are, you know don't score ever, basically ever. Both getting goals in this game. That was that's pretty darn encouraging to to say the least. And then um, after David Perrin makes it three to two, Latendras makes it four to two, and then it's like with about three and a half minutes to go, and it's wow, the Wilds are finally going to escape here, but not before Patrick Berglund. Makes it four to three and made things extremely interesting in that third period. Though another smothering, just absolutely smothering game by the Wild defense. The Wild only got twenty shots on goal, but they but they gave up. But they only gave up eighteen shots on goal. Backstrom, though, yeah, he's he's really not been as sharp, or at least he wasn't as sharp last night. St. Louis has has some pieces on their team. They're not exactly a bad team, but. Hmm. Keith the Chuck is still on the St. Louis Blues. It feels like he's been there forever. And so is uh, Paul Correa, both those guys. I mean, it's a pretty veteran team, with a, including Andy McDonald, who got a goal on this particular day. Uh, it's an interesting deal. Eric Johnson, the former Gopher and number one overall pick, getting some major ice time with the St. Louis Blues. 22 minutes on ice yesterday. 21 points on the year. He's you know, he's he's definitely emerging. The Bloomington, Minnesota native, number one overall pick in 06. Former Gopher. This is his second season in the NHL. Um, he's definitely definitely emerging. Looks like he's going to be a 40 point guy here. Definitely looks like he's heading in that direction. Like a you know like a Brent Burns, but probably if any, probably in time he'll be a, a step ahead of him. I would have to say. Burns has a chance to be one of the better defensemen in the NHL, but Eric Johnson, this guy, has a chance to be. Uh, Pretty darn good. I mean, he, he he got off to a fairly slow start. Didn't do too much in uh, 
the Gophers program. He really wasn't that that spectacular. Lately, nobody's been that great in the in the Gopher program, but it's start. You know, he's starting to really come through over there in St. Louis. Is Eric Johnson? He looked pretty. He looked pretty solid. He actually looked pretty solid on the in this game. And um, you know, it, I just wish him the best. He got three shots on goal along the way, which tied him with a couple of, with uh, McDonald and uh, Boys for shots on goal in the game. Which is yeah, when you're when you're leading a team in shots on goal, when your team has hardly get, only got 18 shots on goal, that means you're at least doing something. As dorky as that might sound, at least he's doing something out there. And um, yeah, I, uh, definitely a. Uh, Definitely see something coming through. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully Nick Letty of the Minnesota Wild can can emerge. The Minnesota Wild program and the Gophers right now can emerge into something like that in time. And some people believe he he can that he can become a pretty nice player for the Wild. So far, though, he hasn't really we haven't really seen him much with the Gophers. Of course, with his concussion, yet another concussion junction member. No fun, no fun. Broken jaw and concussion. Just mm, that is no fun. But it's hockey. It's hockey. Things like that definitely happen in the NHL and in high school, from high school all the way up to the pros and even below high school. It's just a, just the way it goes. So now I'm going to get in a little more into uh, Clayton Stoner and Guillaume Lamelatandas and even a little bit of Houston uh, Arrows talk right after this. Back again on Brave the Wild, episode number 32, which is a reminder for iPod, Microsoft Zoom, and other MP3 users. And now we're going to get into a little more of background talk with the Minnesota Wild. We kind of did some background talk in the, you know, in the games as well, but that's, you know, that's how it goes. You kind of do a little bit of both. Um, Latan dress first, and what, what a, what a nice PC is truly becoming. And uh, I'm sure the, I'm sure the Wild are happy they got rid of. Benoit Puglia. And, and, and when you look at Latondres and his production, in only 13 games, he has seven points already. James Shepard is this guy. I'm just so glad he was able to uh, show us what he can do and within a different system other than Jacques Lemaire's system. As he's doing exactly what he did last year. How many games has he played? 33 games. He's got five points. Five points for James Shepard. Latondres already at seven in 13. Now, that, that's nothing spectacular, but it's a hell of a lot better than James Shepard. He's playing about three or four times better hockey than James Shepard is. And not only is he being productive, Laton Dress, but he's physical, and, and he's he's not just a typical, oh, tough little grinder type. You know, like the Wild had about a billion of those, like Richard Park and Antti Laxon and all guys like that. But a guy who can, well, I mean, Laxon was a good scorer too at times, but uh, it's about time the Wild have a guy who's, legitimately a large individual who can actually score. Hey, the Wild have never had that. So this is a very, very encouraging sign. And I, I really hope it continues, and it's not just some little streak of luck here. Right now, it really doesn't look like it is. It doesn't look like a streak of luck, and and uh, it's a, it's very encouraging. Ben Mapulia in 14 games at four points so far, still not with the Montreal Canadiens. At least I've seen and no, he hasn't. Well, he's played two games with the Canadiens, and of course, hasn't done anything. Six shots on goal in two games overall. Oh, he's he's actually been 
Red in uniform, but he's been uh, he's he, he's been Ben Mapulia thus far. So that's one of those deals. It's pretty much on him <laughs> to see what he gets. But uh, this could really this could really work as one of the best trades in in the Wild's young history to this point. Wild really haven't had much success in trades. They really haven't. A couple of draft day trades was always they're so random. You just don't really know. Uh, the Tyler Kuma one, yeah, they traded one pick up. Who knows how that's going to turn out? Um, and he's he he's really right now. Tyler Kuma sure the heck isn't the top defenseman in the system right now. Nick Letty, we haven't seen enough. We haven't really seen enough of him with the Gophers yet to really say that. But uh, I, I would think he's supposed to be the top defenseman in the system. But this Scandella kid, boy, Scandella, who is uh, on his way off to those junior championships, he's looking. Uh, from what they say, he is really, really look. He is really, really stepped up, and uh, I'm really excited about his his possibilities here in the next couple of years. He's only 19. He was a second round pick about, uh, I believe, it was two years ago. He has really, really been stepping up. As we noticed, Tyler Kuma did not make those championships, and Scandella is looking to be one of the top two. He's going to be in the top pairing on that team. So for for the Canadian team, this is Canada, folks. Canada team. You know, you don't really get much better than Canada. They're pretty much a, a dynasty when it comes to those those championship levels. And uh, it's it's very encouraging. Marco Scandella, the Wild really may have something in him, and um, I hope it works out. Might be an actual, finally, a good pick by Doug Reisbrow because he was not taken by Chuck Fletcher. Chuck Fletcher just got started. And Clayton Stoner, and hey, he, he's a guy, I thought he was pretty much the best available defenseman in the system because Scandella's still in juniors he's still super young it was a 2008 that's what it was um, second rounder Clayton Stoner was a, th- a third rounder a few years back in 04 finally something coming out of the Houston Aeros program over there in the wild uh, farm system another guy who's finally starting to step up or finally starting to see some kind of signs of encouragement he was called up earlier in the year I believe he played one game didn't really get to have a chance much, which is Danny Ehrman. He's finally starting to step up. He's, he's, he's had a few points the last week, and uh, he's starting to emerge a little bit. He hope that continues. 16 points in 30 games, nothing spectacular. But it, it's a sign of something. I mean, 20 points in like 80 games the last couple of years. That, you know, year, I mean, year, uh, back, back-to-back years, he had 20 points in 80 games. That's, that's pretty unproductive. That's, that's, that's James Shepard-like. So, whereas other guys like Colton, Colton Gillies, Peter Kalis, just non-factors right now. They're just small little pieces down there. They're just small role players in Houston. But Herman's definitely emerging more and more. At very least, he's a second liner over there, if not a top liner. So, some signs of encouragement, believe it or not. There are some signs of encouragement in the wild farm system. And uh, it's, it's definitely a lot better than nothing. Because uh, Clayton Stoner, I mean, you can't hear enough about how this guy, he, he, he just has a really nice, confident presence on the ice. And uh, he, he got a lot of uh, playing time in really key moments, especially in that Colorado game. That's one I can definitely note is when the Wild were making that run, trying to tie up the game, he he did get assisted down, down the stretch in that game, his first point in the NHL. Uh, he's really, uh, Clayton Stoner, he's, he is just on it all the time. He, defensively, he's, he's always on the puck all the time. And he's getting nice. If he's not getting a nice shot on goal, 
with a chance, you know, for a possible rebound or, God forbid, it actually goes in. Or, or he's making a really nice pass to try to set up a nice scoring chance for somebody else, like a, you know, of course, like a Koivu or Latandrest or whoever. It's been a... I've been impressed with Clayton Stoner. He's only five games in, but already two points. That's that's not bad. Two assists for him. And uh, just the overall presence, though, is what is the most encouraging part of Clayton Stoner. He he really might develop into something, at least be a, a solid piece. The Wild really, to be honest, I don't think they have a true anchor defenseman. They, they really don't. You, you might go to call Burns that, but he's no Willie Mitchell. He just isn't. And maybe Stoner can become something like that in the course of time. So we're just going to have to wait and see. As, uh, you know, Burns is more of an offensive guy, which is great. Stoner looks like he might be kind of a combination. Maybe a 20, 20 to 25 points, but just uh, really good defense and really just good puck awareness out there on the ice. Um, he, he, he doesn't get a major amount of time yet, but, he's, but to see him playing in key times, key moments in games when the Wild are trailing... Trying to make a comeback. Yeah, Todd Richards is showing some faith in the guy, and uh, Stoner is rewarding him nicely. So we're going to close with that. I just want to say thank you to all of you that are listening. But first and foremost, though, before you go, got a couple of contact details. First of all, I'd like you guys to call in to the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. You can be a part of things you can be on the show. Your voice will be heard with mine. Uh, the number is a voicemail when you call it, of course. Mention you are calling in for Brave the Wild. State your shout-out, question, comment, whatever it is. Leave your name in town. Like, say, this is Joey from Golden Valley. <laughs> That's what I would say. Um, or Paladino Joey or whatever. Uh, it would just be fantastic for you to join. It would be nice. It would also be nice to have you join the... Uh, the message boards on the sportstuff.com. The front page of the website, there's a button in the upper right-hand corner that says TSS Boards. Simply click on that. And when you click on that, there's a register link on the left. And in the referral bar, type in Paladino Live. Two separate words, Paladino Live. That is where I will be a referral. Of course, I don't make money doing that. It just uh, mentions I referred you to the site. And uh, great. it'll be great to have you on board. We need a lot more hockey talk on there. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of basketball, a lot of football. We need some more. We need some more of you out there, especially people from Minnesota. Come on, guys! I know you're out there. Please join in. It is free, and it is. It, it's a lot of fun to talk about the Minnesota Wild on there. So do sign up. It would be greatly, greatly appreciated. And I'll close with well. Hopefully, the Wild can continue to play some uh, solid hockey here. They got an ultimate test tomorrow against. Or excuse me. I keep saying. Yeah, tomorrow is Monday. <laughs> I'm crazy. Yeah, it's not today. It's tomorrow, Monday. Los Angeles Kings have dropped a little bit. They're they're only the fifth seed, believe it or not. Wild have dropped a little, or excuse me, the Kings have dropped a little bit, but they're still a very dangerous team overall. And, of course, the Minnesota Wild and the Los Angeles Kings, things have not fared well for the Wild thus far. The Wild need to get out of that 11th seed and into the playoff, playoff range. They're only three points behind the eighth-seeded Vancouver Canucks. So, knock on wood, the Wild can finally get over another ghost. They got over the St. Louis Blues. Can they get over the L.A. Kings? We shall see. We will talk about that game next week. And until then, take care, everybody. 